Um, I grew up as a kid that was raised by a farmer and teacher in the suburbs. And on the weekends, I would I farm at, at the family uh, operations, you know, our, our sod farm out in Bluffdale, Utah was where it was now, which is now all, you know, a suburban sprawl. So I, um, I, agriculture is a big part of my, of my background, my ethos. Um, it's formed a lot of my opinions. Um, it's, uh, you know, developed me into the character that I have now, which I'm just tremendously grateful for. So uh, a fundamental way that you have to grow every crop is you have to put out fertilizer and you have to put a crop protection on it, fertilizer to help it grow into uh, maturation and go into yield and crop protection to make it so that it doesn't, you know, have a weed choke it out or uh, a fungicide or a pesticide or insecticide uh, to put out there. So you don't have a disease or a bug that makes sure you don't have a crop. And so I became very aware of the way that we would grow our turf grass crops um, at an early age and just saw the fundamental way of how fertilizer has such a major effect onto having to finish good. Um, in the in the year of 2012, a friend of mine had visited our farm and had seen how we grow our crops. And he came to me with the idea of, hey, have you ever thought about using less fertilizer when you put nanoparticles into your liquid irrigation system? And Justin, I just looked at him and I said, what the heck are you talking about? Less fertilizer, nanoparticles, you know, is this the 22nd century here? And uh, lo and behold, there's something to that idea. That, and that's now turned into an international company that's uh, just uh, enriching communities and, and, and really making a dent into the agribusiness side of things with what is now nano yield. So um, he originally came to me with that idea. We did a greenhouse trial with turf grass, where we essentially treated some young seedlings of turf grass. And in one week, we saw that turf grass had grown to be about three and a half to five inches long. That is very out of the ordinary. Uh, generally, for turf grass to germinate out of the soil, um, you know, we're talking maybe a quarter of an inch after two or three weeks uh, with fertilizer. So that was pretty spellbinding when we saw that, but that was done in a greenhouse, you know, full sunlight, perfect watering conditions, perfect soil media, all those things. That's not, that's not real life farming. So then we went out to our farm and we took two 33 acre quarter pivots of one of our fields. And the only difference we had is one of those fields, we added uh, nanotechnology with our fertilizer application. And then we reduced the amount of phosphorus fertilizer to the tune of 80% less. So when you look at a crop, you look about you look at how many pounds you put onto that crop. And so instead of putting, you know, 200 pounds of fertilizer, you know, we put on there, um, you know, we put on there 40 pounds uh, to, to get, uh, get it to grow. We saw that with the inclusion of putting nano liquid technology into that fertilizer, into that crop, we could grow that crop faster with less inputs. Um, and it was actually a healthier strand of grass. And we grew it four and a half months faster than the, the check, which uh, had our typical way of fertilizing. So this is now September of 2012. My dad, Warren, who's a co-founder in this, in this venture with me, he had been watching a little bit closer. You know, I was out one day trying to sell sod to muddy boot landscapers. I was probably on some job site trying to hustle sod to someone. And he called me, said, you have to come out to the farm and you got to see this. So I went out to the farm. He just told me where to go. I didn't know where he, uh, where we had treated it or anything along those lines. And there was a number of numbers that we had put out 
onto um, onto where we had treated this. And so he said, hey, go out to field number 12. I went up to field number 12. And he said, just call me when you get there. And I went out there and again, healthiest strand I'd ever seen, completely uniform, just looked perfect. And I called him and he told me what we uh, had been hypothesizing about this, this use of nanoparticles. And at that moment in my life, Justin, I knew that it had, I had had a seismic shift about my mission purpose and what value I was going to bring into the world. And, uh, and that's when uh, we, we essentially started this company. That's awesome. I, I think you get a couple of those in your life where you just see something and it all clicks in place and everything that you've done leading up to that point, you see it and you're like, oh, this is different. Maybe I should do something about that. It sounds like you had that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did it at that time. We were very naive. I didn't, you know, I had sold and distributed fertilizers, but I wasn't a manufacturer. Um, we didn't understand the fertilizer distribution ecosystem. We didn't even know how big the opportunity was. We just knew that we could help farmers with this technology. And we just consistently were hitting base hits to triples, to home runs. Um, when we tinkered it, tinkered with it with other people. Um, and, and just, it was one of these things where we just, we, we started to push a little bit with putting it out there and then people were then just pulling us cause they had heard about the results and, uh, it's just been a tremendous experience. And after, you know, being a husband and raising kids, it's been my most enjoyable experience of my life is this entrepreneurial journey, you know, helping sustain agriculture technology. That's cool. So you're talking about 2012 and a friend of you is saying, Hey, have you thought about nanotechnology? And you're like, what yeah. are you even talking about? Uh, yeah. fast forward 10 years, whenever yeah. you say to somebody, Hey, have you thought about nanotechnology? Do they give you the same response that you had 10 years ago? Or is there a love or is there a, a group of people that, you know, if you talk to, they're fully educated on this, very aware, may have even got their hands dirty with it. Like, where would you say the adoption curve is right now with this? Last year, um, we, um, our total product applied on acres was about, um, almost 4 million acres. Um, there's 900 million acres in the United States of America. So we just have this tremendous opportunity ahead of us. Um, and so, uh, from the adoption curve, we are very much, uh, even though we're nine years, 10 years into this very, very well, much just, uh, getting, getting started. Right. Um, for the most part, people have, um, have, have understand that nano means smaller and more efficient. Um, you know, there's the iPod nano for those that not listening or didn't have iPods like Justin and I had the iPod nano was a little iPod you would put on your, on your upper arm so that when you went jogging, you wouldn't have an iPod clinking around in your pocket. So, you know, Apple, Apple kind of paved the way for people to understand what nano is, um, and then on the uh, on the sports nutrition side, nano is quite a buzzword right now because people are trying to absorb nutrients and um, you know get get a better metabolites of specific compounds. And uh, a great way to do that is to use nanotechnology. When it comes to the agriculture side of things, um, they very well much understand that better plant uptake equals a healthier crop, and they bet and they certainly understand. Um, we, we have eliminating factors. And when we put out our fertilizer, when it comes to plant absorption or soil absorption of those nutrients and that we over apply and that's wasteful. Um, and so when we, uh, with us now working on this, you know, over this period of time and having, you know, over 800 positive 
field trials and university trials and, and what have you, um, we can now sit down with somebody for 10 minutes and they can understand what we're doing. But yeah, generally, if somebody asks me, what do I do? I don't even use the word nano. I just say, I have a sustainable fertilizer technology company that's disrupting the agribusiness industry. Yeah, that makes sense. That's one of the questions I always ask is, you know, what, how do you, how do you explain what you do to people outside the industry? Cause usually you get a pretty, a pretty good answer or interesting answer of how you kind of break that down for, for people outside. Um, when you're talking to somebody who is in the industry, um, what are they most interested to hear about? Is there, is there questions that you're getting commonly from people who are uh, pretty well up to speed on this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the hot topics in the agriculture industry are efficiencies with fertilizer and chemistries, which we are basically the best answer to that as we believe, right? Um, other, other things that are very interesting to them is, um, you know, we have pretty disruptive supply chains and the lack of availability of fertilizer and, you know, things like glyphosate. So if they can use our technology at four ounces to the acre and get better uptake and better output, um, you know, they're interested in that. Other things that's concerning to them is just a lack of warehouse space. Um, you know, they just have so many different products that they have to sell to a farmer for them to grow a healthy crop that if they can have something that doesn't take as much warehouse space out of their fertilizer distribution uh, warehouse, that's really exciting to them. So we answer that. Um, and then, yeah, you know, one that's just a point of mind for everybody is uh, what, it, you know, we need to have better inputs that are better for the environment and, and the conscious there. So, you know, we use words like soil health, regenerative agriculture. So if they can put out a fertilizer that has less salts and bicarbonates in it, you know, that leads to a healthier soil. And so we really have an answer for, for everyone to the organic farmer, to, um, to the grower that's growing a, you know, a GMO corn. Um, we, we have an answer for that, for every part of the community. Yeah. Um, is the way that you explain your product and, and sort of position your value prop, is it the same for growers as it would be for agronomists and advisors? Uh, or is it different? Or is there different kind of value props, a little bit different the way you message to each one? No, the, the terrific question. Yes. Yeah. So our direct customer is going to be the, the distributor that sells to the farmer. That's that's the supply chain we we work with, and the way that we you know um, you know provide that information to the vice president of agronomy or the general manager, or the CEO, or the purchasing manager is slightly different than how we you know showcase it to the agronomist, right? Because the agronomist they're more focused about how it's going to make the crop perform, what are the end results going to be, so on and so forth. Whereas the you know the CEO he's interested in how can I buy a more efficient product that's going to make us be more profitable and still is going to provide something for, for the grower. So yeah, we have some different value props that slightly change there, but they're all pulled into the, into the same outcome. And that outcome being that you, you can use less yield more, and it's a more efficient product than what you've than what you've had in the past. Yeah. From the grower side, when you're in conversation with them, do they say, oh, this makes sense, less in, more out, love it, let's go? Or are they curious of uh, to know why is it now that this is now available? What was the science shift that changed that went from couldn't do it to now we can? Yep. Yep. Um, one of the largest co-ops in the West, um, when I first came out of gate with this, um, you know, we met with them in 2015. And they basically told us, you guys are crazy. You can't do this. Get out of here, right? We now met with them recently and they said, wow, you guys have come a long way. 
your messaging is so much better. Your scientific methodology is better. Your results are better. So it, it really just, uh, you know, shows you that you, your, your first way that you come up with something, um, you, you just always have to continually improve. And that whole idea of, do you go up something good or something great? Yeah, you should go up with something good and then make it great. And that's, that's certainly what we've done here. Right. And so, um, but the, the end user, that being a grower that relies on his 3000 acres to pay for his kid's college and for him to pay his mortgage and for him to get the retirement there, there hasn't been a better time of our messaging and for them to understand what we're doing because fertilizer inefficiencies and the supply chain mess from the pandemic, um, the ongoing elevated prices of fertilizer. I mean, in some instances, Justin, we're almost 300 times more expensive than it was just a few years ago. Um, so this is top of mind for people. And it's getting to the point where some people are saying, hey, I've always put out 250 pounds of nitrogen to grow this corn stand. This year, I'm going to put out 175 because I literally can't afford it, right? And so we we have an answer. Um, and it just goes to show you, I've done a lot studying about what what makes startup be successful you know when you look at uber airbnb um you know when you look at just these behemoths that become what they are now the number one thing that if you can pinpoint why they did such a good job is their time to market and our timing right now it, it, it really is our time we've we're answering a problem that was there when we started about nine years ago but it's just been, it's had a lot more added pressure at this time. Yeah, I think that's true. I think time is one of the most difficult uh, factors in, in business or mm. anything you do to just understand just the, the time it takes to get something done or just the time for when people really want it. And you're right. It sounds like this is a, this is a time where you've got people's attention, uh, if, if yeah, nothing else, right? Yeah. Well, and, and, and yeah, timing, you have to have a great product to match that time, right? That mm -hmm. took some time uh, to get there. And you also have the right team, you know, to, uh, for us to develop the team to where it is now, it, it took some time. And I've got some employee employers here now um, who, if I would have tried to hire them a few years ago, they would have been like, I'm not going to work for you. You're crazy. You know, I, I got to see that this works now. And, and we certainly, um, because of us building up that asset, um, that that dividends now being paid and, and more people are being attracted to our team because of it. Yeah. You mentioned some of the skepticism that you ran into in the first few years. And it seems like that's normal, especially if you're trying to take a leap forward, like there's always gonna be skeptics. And if everybody agrees, then maybe it's not that big of a leap. But what was it that they were skeptical about? What was it where they said, I, I think this is too tough. Like this part of it is too tough. Like what, what did they doubt? Was it just purely the results are not as good as we think they might be? Or was it the Something else. Yeah, excellent question. Um, some of our ongoing results were unbelievable. Um, you can't put out that much less. You can't put out that little of fertilizer and have a yield or a quality of a crop. So that was the main one. If you were, you know, when we first went to Del Monte and they had the amazing results with, you know, reducing, um, you know, instead of putting out 14 gallons of phos acid to now putting out three gallons because of our technology and them seeing a, a yield increase by almost, you know, 30%. Um, the other offices at Del Monte, they just looked at this guy in Arizona that was having these results and just said, yeah, there's no way you can do that. And what was crazy is he was like the most respected farm manager out of their group. Right. So it, it just was unbelievable. Um, they thought it was a fluke. Yeah. Yeah. They thought it was a fluke and okay. What was going on with your water? Okay. You just had better weather. 
the seed you selected, it was yielding that. Like they, um, and, and I'm totally okay with this, but agronomy and agriculture uses this scientific method better than almost any industry on dispelling what is really happening, right? And making sure that it truly is. And so another reason why our timing's right is because, hey, we we had to sharpen our teeth, man, for 10 years to to get to get to this point and to have these results. But yeah, the 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 results were too unbelievable. And just us showcasing over and over and over that less fertilizer um is going to give you these results. Once we truly started to understand that, hey, sometimes you don't have to use less fertilizer and add nanoliquid technology, and you'll just have a yield increase. Um, two of the leading agricultural research companies, Bex and PTI, this past year, we had four of our different products that were added into uh, into their sprays on corn and beans um, in the Midwest. And we're seeing anywhere from eight to 11 time ROI. And all they simply had to do was just add four ounces of nano K or six ounces of nano CS or four ounces of nano pro for them to see the results. So they actually didn't do re reduction in most of those instances and still saw, you know, yield enhancement, which at the name of the game, what do we need to provide for a farmer? We need to provide for him to yield more so that he makes more income. That's, that's the most important part of this, right? And so when, when our, you know, when we say, Hey, our, our mission is to sustainably grow your profits by solving your plant update problems. Like that's what we mean by sustainably growing your profits. It's growing the profits of those farmers. So yeah. I think I want to enter there. Sorry, Justin. No, that's okay. With your, with some of the people who are early adopters into this and, and some of your earlier customers and, and, and probably your bigger fans right now, like, what are you, what do you hear from the people who are the, you know, they're all in on this. They're, they're the big supporters. Like what, what's the feedback that you get? Yeah. Um, uh, the, one of the earliest growers that we worked out in Florida, he's now retired and he's now consulting with our distributor out there. And what he told me on LinkedIn in a message, uh, on Tuesday, he said, before, when I utilize your technology, it worked 60 to 80% of the time. Now you guys have it so dialed in. It works 90 to hundred percent of the time. No ag input company can claim that it's going to work 100% of the time. If a farmer's listening to this and if a company does that, you know, just tell them to walk out the door because there's just too many things that could go that go wrong with growing a live crop, right? Um, but he just, you know, he said, you guys have really, um, you know, magnified what works and how to position it right. So that, that was a key element for us is learning how to place the technology correctly, how to prescribe it technically. Uh, correctly. And also a key element here is when to follow up and look at the crop with the farmer, because sometimes you might look at it maybe two weeks after the crop's not going to have a response by then. And farmers, they are pulled so many different ways. They're a wholesaler, they're a retailer, they're doing trucking. Oh, and by the way, they also grow their own and manufacture their own product, right? They have so many um, so many uh, hats that they wear on their job that they don't have the bandwidth to continually go look at a crop with you to see the good results. And so us understanding when are they see the results and then also in addition that we don't rely on them to go back and look at it. We will do it for you. We'll document it and you can continue to look at it with us or we use a third party to verify that was, uh, was a game changer for us to get to that knowledge and to uh, showcase the results that we're having now. That's great. What's next for you guys? What do you see on the horizon as the as the next big kind of milestone or checkpoint? Or or do you have a vision for where kind of this category and this product uh, can go? Yeah, yeah. You 
we believe that we've we've created a new category in agricultural inputs, and that being nanoliquids. Um, and so our um, our our overall goal goal, you know, is to be on a hundred million acres in the next five years. We think we have the capacity to do that. Um, so that that's one, just more reach, more people having success, better results. Um, you know, of course, we have to be a you know a, a healthy, profitable company. But our our guiding our, our guiding principles are about sustainability, doing more with less, you know, increasing yields and, and strengthening these these families in these rural communities. Um, and so, yeah, uh, do do we have aspirations to you know be a be a public company, uh, something along those lines? Certainly, that that's something that we're considering. Um, can we continue to just be privately held and uh, have the benefits uh, that we want to do? That's great. You know, we have some thoughts of you know, becoming a certified B corporation and donating a profit um, to, you know, to third world countries. You know, for instance, I met with the uh, the, the queen of Gambia um, a few months back. Well, Gambia, in, in, in for those that don't know, that's a, a country in Africa. It's the smallest country in Africa. The, um, the, the government of Gambia, they actually, um, they, they actually write a check to every farmer to pay for their fertilizer because they literally can't afford it. So it's, it's, cons- you know, it's completely subsidized by the government. And a lot of the fertilizer here, here in the U.S. is subsidized as well, right? And so we could we donate some of those profits to make it so that, you know, they're now only having to pay for half of the fertilizer because of our technology. Um, th- those are opportunities that we're going to unbundle and that we're really excited about. You know, we don't want to want to help the farmers that are growing alfalfa, you know, here in Utah. You know, we want to help the, the farmers that are growing maize in India as well. Um, we think that's just a tremendous opportunity and gets you excited to get out of, out of bed. Um, and yeah, the, the second part is just to have a really healthy work-life balance for all of our employees. And, you know, people spend a third of their life on their careers. We want them to come to work here every day and just think it's the best place they could spend their time outside of their family. Um, and for us to, you know, continually improve our culture and have a great place for our employees. That's great. I mean, you're talking about some pretty uh, purposeful goals there, and you've kind of already taught me. Started off by talking about how there's a personal connection uh, to you personally, like the way you grew up and what you were doing, and even the family aspect to it. What over the past ten years, what has been the most rewarding aspect of this so far? Um, when I meet a farmer, um, and they literally give me a hug because we made it so that they had a profit. Um, there was one citrus grower, um, they were, I'm starting to wall up, excuse me. Um, their, their farm was on the verge of, uh, not being able to operate. You know, they had this really tough disease and pestilence that came into their crop. And by the utilizing our technology with other great agronomic, um, plans, um, they were able to have a healthy crop, right? And when you literally meet people, um, and they have tears and they just thank you. That's, that's just pretty tremendous. You know, I've, I've been involved in church service all my life, um, and, and, you know, helping communities. And when you can combine doing that with commercialization and you're now, you know, having employees that are able to get their kids to college and you're helping this many lives, that's just, you know, just super exciting. One of our investors, their mantra is enrich lives. And I love that. Um, that that mantra of just how can we enrich and make lives better and so for us it's it's strengthening communities making it so that farmers uh, have have more of an enriched life because of what we've been providing to them that's uh that's been very rewarding 
That's great. I mean, you're, you're doing something that has the ability to have a pretty uh, significant impact on people with that comes a responsibility too, right? Like you, each year you get one growing season typically. And so you cannot, you know, make a gamble that doesn't pay off. Right. And so I'm, I'm sure part of this process that you're going through is just proving it, proving it, proving it. Uh, to where people can understand, hey, this is a pretty safe bet, and I can take steps in this direction. Do you do you feel like with your product, there is a small step that people can take initially before they take a bigger step, or or what does that look like for someone who's interested, considering it, but maybe not ready to go all in on something? Is, do you feel like there's a progression into this? Certainly, yes, yeah, certainly. We we went from it being maybe like a three year self cycle to about a year and a half. So we've cut that in half, which is just fantastic. Um, I'll, I'll never believe that we can do it faster than a year. It just, it takes time. Um, and so, yeah, we, we do demo product. Hey, you want to give this a try? Here's a gallon of nano pro that's going to go out on 32 acres. Add this with your glyphosate, spray it. You're going to see in seven days that your glyphosate is now performing better and that weed is burning down quicker, right? And that it's just desiccated better, so on and so forth. So we'll, we'll continue to do that. That's a big part of our, our budget is just having demo product that we give to growers um, for them to see that it works. Um, and then after them seeing that it works with, with their glyphosate, they then think, okay, well, if that compound worked with, uh, you know, with, with glyphosate, what can it now do with my, my, my nitrogen or my calcium or what have you? And then we just uh, slowly, you know, get, get onto all those crops. But yeah, we, we, as a company, we have the potential to be applied um, on basically every crop in the United States um, at a minimum of six times to a maximum of 30 times throughout a growing season. And so there's tremendous opportunity for as we showcase the, the product there and just the, the value of that lifetime value in the, of acquiring that customer. Um, we're, we're very much tuned into what we need to do there uh, for them to realize the benefits of what we do. Yeah. My experience with growers is if it doesn't work, they really talk about it, but when it yep. does work, they, they still talk about it. Right. And yep. so, yep. uh, if you can, or, or can, they might keep it to themselves. Right. That's also kind of top occasionally. Right. right. <laughs> so occasionally, right. sounds like you've, you've had some interesting conversations with people who've, who've tried it and you're getting good feedback. I'm sure that's uh, meaningful to your team as well as spending time with folks and hearing how it works or doesn't work and, and how they're applying it. Yep. Yep. The, the farmers that use our product, they are the champions of our company. You know, we, we just think the world of them that one, they'll take a risk two they'll uh, seek out results and three that they'll provide those results to us. Cause you know, we can, you know, we can go to a, my family farm out in Vernon, Utah on 600 acres and see results, but that's meaningless unless it goes to an actual customer that's going to use it over and over.